0: CHAPTER TWELVE, JUST RIGHT Even as she stood in the morning shower, Akko was filled to the brim with nervous energy. The refreshing droplets that decorated her body with countless rivulets did nothing to wash away her restless energy. She was very much a frothing bottle of cola that had been shaken too much. She barely slept the previous night. Even in her bed, she had been jittery to the point of feeling almost feverish kicking away her blankets several times during the night to relieve herself of the scorching heat. Ako was possessed by an electrifying excitement. All because of a phone call that she had received the previous night. All because of Diana. Even through the incessant pitter-platter of the streams of water striking the ceramic tiles of which she stood on, Akko could hear Diana's nervous proposition echo in her mind with perfect clarity. Akko's phone vibrated on her desk as she was trying to make a start on the data structures assignment that had been released last week. Normally Akko wouldn't bother starting until a few days prior to the due date but Diana had insisted that she make the initial effort. Something about finding the motivation to start being the hardest part of completing it. She wasn't sure whether she agreed with Diana's wisdom as surely completing something was the hardest part of completing it but Akko begrudgingly listened anyway. Because she was certain of two fundamental laws of the universe. 1. Diana had Ako's best interests in mind. 2. Diana was smart. Very smart. Too smart. The second premise was self-evident. A tautology, if Akko recalled correctly from her logic course last semester. The first premise hadn't been immediately obvious to her from the start, but after spending many weeks with her newfound friend, Akko had become convinced of its truth through the countless pieces of evidence that she witnessed from her time with Diana. Thus, being the trained logician that she was, Akko deduced the following statement from the above set of premises. Therefore, I should listen to Diana. But at the moment, a new conundrum had presented itself. The caller ID was Diana Cavendish. What? Akko asked herself in vain. Diana never calls me. And then Akko's mind started pondering the possibilities. Wait, what if she's in trouble? What if something happened and she really needs help? Akko's mind started descending into a spiral of frantic panic. Fuck 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 fuck. She picked up her phone as quickly as she could, nearly pressing the decline button in the process, which almost doubled her heart rate. Diana. Akko yelled into the phone as soon as the line was open. Ah okay oh my god please tell you're alright. Ako, Diana interjected with concern. Slow down. Are you alright? Am I alright? Akko asked incredulously. What do you mean if I'm alright? Are you alright? Yes. I'm fine, Akko. Why wouldn't I be? Akko released a breath that she was holding and felt the rapid beating of her heart subside as a glorious relief washed over her. Oh, thank God, she sighed. You never call me. So I thought something bad must have happened. A pause. Oh? I'm sorry. Diana apologized awkwardly. I sincerely hope I didn't make you worry too much. Of course not. Akko chuckled sheepishly. Okay. Maybe just a little. I should have known better. I promise I'll text you first next time. No. Don't apologize, Diana, Akko reassured with a sense of urgency, as if Diana's feelings mattered more than the near heart attack. That she had suffered only moments earlier. It's all good. If you say so, Diana said in an unsure voice. I definitely say so, Akko reiterated confidently. Even she herself didn't know where she drew that confidence from. Diana, stop stalling, came a voice in the background that Akko heard over her phone speakers. It sounded suspiciously like Hannah. I'm not stalling. Akko heard Diana say in a muted voice, like she was talking to someone beside her. She was cut off by a ask what you called her to ask, in the background, that sounded suspiciously like Barbara. Um, Akko started, not knowing how she should sound, is everything alright over there? HM. Why yes, Akko. Why wouldn't it be? Diana asked rhetorically, with an exaggerated sense of normalcy. Okay, Diana is definitely acting weird, Akko thought. Ah, never mind. So, Diana, why did you call me? A pause, before Akko added, not that I don't want you to call me. Not at all. Aye aye. Akko, Diana stammered in a way that was very unlike Diana Cavendish. I called to ask whether. Akko waited for a moment. Two moments. The suspense was accumulating more than what Akko's already battered heart could take. Diana. Sorry, Diana apologized in a quiet voice. I'm just a little nervous. Please give me a moment. Akko found the image of a nervous Diana particularly endearing. Yeah, of course. The line clicked dead. What? Akko was dumbfounded. What just happened? She pondered internally. She started growing concerned for Diana yet again. Akko started pacing around her room as she rummaged through her mind. She couldn't think of any reason why Diana would act the way she did over the phone. Maybe she was one of those people who don't feel comfortable talking over the phone. That would be consistent with the fact that up until now, Diana had never called her. But that didn't explain why she had called Akko just now. Why would Diana be nervous over the phone? To ask her a question. What kind of a question would make Diana the nervous wreck she sounded moments earlier? After a few rounds of pacing around her room, Akko had a ridiculous thought. What if, nah, unless... Her phone vibrated again. In her hand this time. She immediately tapped to answer. Diana. Akko, Diana replied quickly, as if going any slower would reveal her lack of confidence. Are you alright now? Would you like to go on a date with me? Diana asked in a tone that was an unnatural mix between confidence and the lack thereof. Akko's heart skipped a beat. Did she just? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Please don't make me ask again, Diana pleaded in a breathy, meek voice. Did you just, ask me out, on a date? Akko asked, the words coming out of her mouth made her feel like she was having an out-of-body experience. A moment before Diana responded. Yes, I believe I did. Akko felt the heat rush to her cheeks. She silently thanked Diana that she decided to propose this over the phone rather than face-to-face. Since the night at the bar, Akko had known that her feelings for her friend weren't just platonic. She hadn't been quite sure as to what to do with them. A part of her wanted to see where her feelings would take her, but another part of her questioned whether this was really something that she should dive headfirst into, like she was wont to do with most things in life. It felt special, and Akko wanted to treat it as such. Wow, I, just wow, Akko said absent-mindedly. Honestly, she wasn't meant to say that. Is, is that a rejection? Diana asked uncertainty, with a hint of dejection. Shit, Akko panicked internally. No. God no. Akko exclaimed. No, I mean yes. 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 Yes? Diana asked tentatively. Was it hoped that Akko heard her voice? Yes. Akko repeated enthusiastically. She even nodded fervently for emphasis, completely forgetting that Diana couldn't see her. T that's amazing, wonderful, Diana corrected herself, with a hint of growing excitement in her voice that she tried to hold back. That's wonderful, Akko. Akko could feel the goofiest smile on her face. I'm, I'm happy that you asked me. Shall we say, 3pm tomorrow at the nearby cinema? Sounds good. Akko answered without hesitation. Truthfully, she didn't actually know whether she'll be free at 3 tomorrow. But she didn't care. She'd make sure she would be free tomorrow. At all costs. Thankfully for her, tomorrow was a Saturday, so no classes. Perfect. I'll see you then, Akko, Diana farewelled in a voice that sounded like honey to Akko's ears. Can't wait. After Akko put her phone down, she jumped in celebration and pumped her fists as high in the air as possible. She should be grateful that she wasn't tall enough to punch her ceiling. When she landed back down on Earth, she felt an onslaught of nervousness crashing into her with the force of a tsunami. Unsurprisingly, Akko spent too long recollecting the events of the previous night in the shower. As she got out of the shower, she felt rather annoyed that even a shower that had turned her fingertips into prunes wasn't enough to calm her down. Akko was so distracted that she didn't realise that she had put her shirt on backwards until Susie snickered at her in the kitchen. When Akko realised this, she took off her shirt before putting it back on right in front of a mortified Susie. Akko what the fuck! Susie exclaimed, well, exclaimed in the sense that her monotone voice had slightly more variation in pitch than usual. HM! Akko hummed absent-mindedly. Ugh! Susie waved her off dismissively as she carried her plate that held a mushroom sandwich out of the kitchen, while muttering something under her breath about not wanting to catch the disease that Akko had. Lotta walked into the kitchen shortly after just in time to witness the horror of Akko trying to microwave the previous night's leftovers in the dishwasher. It was safe to say, the leftovers were no more. So Lotta banned Akko from entering the kitchen, as she quickly whipped up her world-famous pancakes that tasted as sweet as the chef herself. Thanks Lotta, Akko said sheepishly, as she eyed the delicious plate of food that Lotta set down on the table in front of her. It's been really hard for me to focus this morning. Lotta chuckled. Of course. A date does that to you. Akko perked up. You've been on a date before, she asked. Lotta shook her head. My experiences of dates are limited to romance novels and fan fiction. But they've given me a lot to draw on. Akko had felt a little anxious telling her flatmates that Diana asked her out on a date. Susie merely gagged in response, but was otherwise indifferent, which was to be expected. Susie wanted to be spared the details of romance. As for Lotta, Akko had expected her friend to squeal in excitement or something, but instead Lotta gave Akko a soft, encouraging smile with a knowing twinkle in her eye. Naturally, if there was anyone who could put Akko at ease, It was her Finnish friend. Lotta, she started. Can I ask you something? Her friend looked expectantly at Akko. Of course. Akko bit into a pancake and chewed in deep thought, all the while Lotta watched in anticipation. She chewed and chewed as question after question popped up in Akko's mind, until her brain spat out a single, cohesive question How do I not mess up this date? Akko asked in an unsure voice. I want to make sure Diana has a good time, so she'll like me enough to have another date with me. Lotta set her own plate of pancakes down on the table as she took a seat. She smiled warmly at Akko. Well, Diana did ask you out, so she's probably happy as long as you're having a good time. But I have good times with Diana all the time, Akko spoke as though that fact was a problem. This is a date. And dates are special. So I really have no idea how it's supposed to go. Honestly, Lotta began, a date is really just you having a good time with the person that you like. Some people focus a lot on big romantic gestures, but I don't think that they're what make dates special. Ako nodded slowly. Yeah, that makes sense, she thought. So really, Lotta continued, You've kinda gone on dates with Diana before. What? Wait that doesn't. Akko suddenly shut her mouth as her mind finally grasped the semantics of Lotta's revelatory words. Images of the way that Diana had smiled during the times that they had spent studying together on campus, or even during leisurely strolls that they sometimes shared, flashed through her mind. The relaxing demeanor that the blonde seemed to reserve for only her the sweet chuckles that she would receive for her apparently amusing antics. Oh fuck, Akko thought, she's right. I think I kinda get what you mean. Right? Since Diana has asked you on a date, it means that she really enjoys your company, Lotta said. So really, just be yourself, Akko. That's what Diana really wants. Not that Akko ever needed it but this instance was a blaring reminder of why she loved Lotta. Akko gave her friend a smile that carried her warm appreciation for all that her friend had generously given her. Thank you, Lotta. No problem at all, Akko, Lotta reassured with the welcoming aura of a saint. I hope you have a lovely date today. Akko gave her friend a goofy grin as she shoved another piece of pancake into her mouth. For the first time in a long time, Ako was going to be early for something. That was surprising not just because Akko tended to be late most of the time, but because she had spent a rather long time worrying over what she should wear. After nearly driving Lotta to the point of exhaustion, she had finally taken Lotta's paradigm of just be you to heart. And to Ako, that meant jeans, a white t-shirt and a navy blue knit hoodie. There was no choice for footwear, Akko only wore sneakers that she would only replace if their structural integrity was not intact. As Akko approached the cinema, she felt a tad proud at the fact that the session wasn't to start until at least 15 minutes later. And that didn't count the 10, or so minutes of advertisements and trailers that preceded the movie. Whatever little pride that she had imploded on itself and collapsed into a black hole that sucked the confidence she gradually gained throughout the day, leaving the familiar sensations of nervousness in its wake as she saw a bewitching blonde waving at her near the entrance. As Akko's eyes drifted down, her eyes bathed in the casual elegance that exuded from Diana's outfit. A tasteful white blouse under a black leather jacket. Diana wore light blue jeans that, unlike Akko's, pristine without any rips and white fans. The smile on Diana's face made Akko's insides feel warm, but it also echoed Akko's own anxiousness. Good afternoon, Akko, Diana greeted softly. I hope you've been well. A little too formal, Akko thought. That's one of her nervous tics. Yeah I've had a good Saturday so far, Akko said not exactly truthfully since she had spent every waking second of her day worrying about her date with diana but it's about to get a whole lot better because of the movie diana asked with a soft smile perhaps encouraged by the thought that her choice of the movie was a good one because i get to see you smooth akko congratulated herself internally you're a tiger akko rare Diana's cheeks grew a shade of crimson as the faux confidence she had faltered. Akko, she began, trying to keep her voice even from the endearment and embarrassment that she felt. Are you flirting with me? Maybe. Akko responded in an uncertain tone. This is a date, right? Diana looked as if she was out of her element. Yes. Perhaps flirting is to be expected. Only if you're comfortable, Akko said quickly. And it's not like I'm any good at it. She laughed sheepishly. Neither am I, Diana said with a smile that looked a little less nervous. Her shoulders were less tense than before. It seemed that Akko's open humility, as well as consideration, for Diana really helped to put the blonde at ease. It made her feel like she wasn't going to be judged. Like she was safe to just be herself. I suppose we'll just figure it out together. Together, Akko echoed as she beamed at Diana. The girls entered the cinema with nothing but bubble tea for Akko. They both figured that they should save their appetite for dinner. They were early, but neither girl minded. You weren't waiting for me back there for ages, right? Akko asked. I wasn't, Diana said with some guilt. Oh god you got here real early didn't you, Akko said, internally chastising herself for not having come even earlier. Even when I'm early, I'm late, she thought. But then again, this is Diana. If one looked closely enough, one could see that Diana was fidgeting with the tips of her fingers. I just couldn't stand the thought of making you wait, she said while avoiding Akko's gaze. Akko could not believe how adorable Diana was. She pushed her bubble tea in front of Diana, nearly making the other girl jump. Here, Akko enthusiastically offered. For your troubles. Akko, I really don't. I insist. Diana looked at the adamant expression on Akko's face, then down at the beverage, then at Akko again, then at the straw. She seemed to steal herself and fixed Akko with a retired yet determined gaze, as she drank from the straw where Akko's lips had touched only moments ago. Akko watched with a strange fixation as she felt weird, but strangely exhilarated. Once Diana finished her sip, she asked, So, how was it? Diana took a moment as she chewed the pearls before swallowing. She smiled at Akko. It's interesting and good. Thank you for that. No problem. Ako couldn't help herself from taking another sip from her straw. She hoped that she didn't come off as too eager. We kissed. Indirectly. Ako was too busy celebrating that fact to notice Diana watching her with a conflicted expression, as if she didn't know how to appropriately feel about using the straw that her crush used, as well as her crush using the straw that she did. Not long after, the movie trailers started playing, followed by the movie itself. There were about a dozen other people seated in the theatre, but it was surprisingly empty for a Saturday. While it was convenient due to its proximity to the university, there were far fancier cinemas elsewhere in the city that were preferred by moviegoers. Unfortunately, Wonder Woman wasn't a horror movie, so there weren't any opportunities for Diana to be frightened enough to grab Akko's hand. for Akko to take Diana's hand under the guise of being scared. But that didn't mean that Akko was going to give up. She barely paid much attention to what was happening on screen as most of her mental focus was on trying to find the courage to reach for Diana's hand. We kissed indirectly, Akko thought, so holding her hand should be a piece of cake. Despite her flawless logic, She still found herself shaking a little as she made her hand move a millimetre closer to Diana's. One millimetre down, a couple hundred more to go. It was definitely not an easy feat trying to celebrate such a marginal achievement. You're Akko Kagari, she motivated herself, the girl who is halfway across the world from home in pursuit of your dream. You're the defender of chariot. You're fearless. You're... Akko groaned in frustration of her inability to roll up her sleeves and take the hand of the girl she liked, the girl who had been the one to initiate the date. Thankfully, it was during a scene in which Diana got hurt on screen. So Diana probably thought that Akko was really into the movie. Hold up, Akko's mind did a mental spit take. The main character in this movie is called Diana too. She immediately nudged Diana's hand. Her Diana, wait my diana with her own she felt diana's twitch slightly but she pushed on hey diana Akko whispered hm yes diana whispered back clearly not expecting a conversation in the middle of the movie or perhaps she was taken by surprise by her contact with akko's hand you look pretty in this movie akko said her nervousness masked by her almost flirty tone. Diana chuckled. Akko wished the theatre wasn't so dark, so she could see Diana's expression. Was she blushing? Akko would never know. I wish I was that pretty, Diana leaned in towards Akko and whispered in a playful tone. You're prettier, Ako responded in a heartbeat. That earned her a squeeze from Diana's hand on her own. Neither girl moved their hand from the others even after their brief conversation subsided. You're a smooth criminal, Akko. She internally patted herself on the back. Holding her hand, Akko prayed that Diana wouldn't be put off by how clammy it was from her previous anxiety. But really, she couldn't tell if that was from her or Diana. Ako didn't care, and it seemed neither did Diana. Having achieved what she had sought after and basking in the bliss of physical contact, Akko enjoyed the rest of the movie intertwined with Diana's fingers. When the session concluded, the girls stood from their seats and stretched. As they walked out, Akko's hand felt cold. She longed for the warmth that she had lost. Did you enjoy the film? Diana asked as they exited the cinema. It was pretty good. Akka replied with a smile. Did you choose it just for me? Diana looked slightly sheepish. I must admit I did. I thought it was a decent film myself. Yeah for sure. Although the fight at the end was kinda over the top. I thought so too, Diana said as she nodded. I also thought that the antagonist's motivations were lacking and bland. I know, right? Akko agreed enthusiastically. As they walked towards the campus, Akko saw a poster for another movie on the side of the cinema. Oh. I really wanna see this movie. Blade Runner 2049 I very much would like to as well, actually. I enjoyed the original, and the cinematography looks breathtaking, Diana said, before an expression of regret was etched onto her features. Perhaps I should have taken us to that film instead. Ako would have none of it. She took Diana's hand, snapping the girl out of her train of thought, and with cheery optimism said, I guess we already know what we're doing for our next date, then. Initially, Diana's idea was to catch a ride from Luna Nova campus to the city for dinner. It was generally easier to be picked up from the campus as opposed to the cinema, and it was only a short walk anyway. But by the time they had reached the campus, neither girl was hungry yet. Well, Diana began, as if she was at a loss since her preconceived plans didn't seem to suit the circumstances. Is there anything you'd like to do? Actually, how about we talk to the city instead? Ako suggested. Diana seemed surprised by the thought. I've never actually done that before. Would that not be tiring for you? Are you kidding? Akko slapped her thigh and said, You bet these bad boys can handle it. Diana's eyes wandered to the other girl's thighs, and doubt seemed to be the furthest thing from her thoughts. Then let's go, shall we? Diana said with a smile. In fact, Akko preferred walking to the city. Not only did it save commuting costs, she also enjoyed the relaxing stroll through the bustling city. Naturally, since she knew the way better than Diana did, she led the both of them. Akko took the quieter streets that avoided the main road, so the obnoxious urban traffic didn't get in the way of the two of them conversing comfortably. The conversations flowed naturally and pleasantly. Walking always helped Akko think and feel comfortable. Perhaps it had something to do with how the changing landscapes And environments aided the flow of her thoughts. They spoke about their upbringing in their respective countries, where they wanted to go in the future, their outlooks on life, and much more. These were the kind of conversations that might have been awkward for either of them if they were in a quiet little room, but in a leisurely stroll through the maze like back streets that Akko was familiar with, they had felt like the most comforting conversations the girls would have. Through the conversations, they found that they had a lot in common. They each pursued dreams that could only be achieved through perseverance, ignoring the naysayers that doubted them along the way. Their pursuits were both noble and for the good of anyone and everyone, whether that's creating affordable medical technologies, or worlds that people could find joy in. And in sharing some of their experiences as children, they each understood a loneliness that the other felt at one point or another. It was validating to their souls. It was like speaking a language that only they shared. And the differences that they had were only sources of encouragement. They each recognised qualities that they desired in the other. Their hands would sometimes break apart when walking through narrow streets or crowds, but they would always find each other again, settling in the home that each had found. Before long, they reached a charming little urban park that was situated near the heart of the city. They sat on wooden seats that faced the ever-flowing fountains and continued talking. Akko felt bold. So, when did you start liking me? Diana most definitely did not feel emboldened by that question. She took a moment to centre herself, as well as to contemplate on an answer. I think, at least before that night at the Cléaume Soleil. Perhaps even as early as that meeting we had back in Lyon Park. When we made apologies to one another diana turned her gaze from the waters to akko's eyes what about you i definitely realized that i liked you since the bar akko answered before falling into introspection but i think i might have felt it before that and just didn't realize what it was i can't really say for how long but even back when we were bickering and all you stood out to me Not always in a bad way. If you know what I mean. Oh? Diana wore a scandalised look that was betrayed by her amused eyes. What? What do you mean by oh? Akko suddenly sounded panicked, clearly taking Diana's reaction more seriously than Diana had intended. I I don't mean it like that. Whatever it is that you're thinking of. Like yeah, I thought you were kinda really smart and pretty and all, but I swear I haven't dreamt about you and me in that way and oh my god I'm speaking too much, aren't I god damn it I'm so sorry." Diana couldn't hold it back anymore. Her giggling quickly grew to laughter as she covered her mouth with her hand. Akko's face felt hot, but she barely paid it any attention as she was captivated by the alluring tones of Diana's laughter. It made her feel warm within even through the early evening chills. Akko chuckled at herself as she beamed at Diana. Before they knew it, the sun was setting and they decided that it was time to have dinner. Diana booked reservations at an Italian restaurant, reservations which she pushed back due to having gone on a stroll after the movies. It was a fancy restaurant where patrons customised their own pasta and watched the chefs cook it in front of them. Admittedly. The wait for their pasta was a little long as they had to wait their turns and line up, but eventually they made it to their table from which they could order cocktails using their phones. Unsurprisingly, Diana refused to let Akko pay a single cent. She was very well off, and Akko was aware of this, but that didn't stop Akko from feeling a little bad, especially since she was enjoying a dinner that would usually set her back. They ate their dinner at a snail's pace as they took in as much of the other as possible, from their conversation, as well as simply being in each other's company. They both wanted to not only savour their food, but also the evening as much as they could. At some point, a rather polite and charming magician came to their table and offered to perform some magic tricks. Diana had never experienced this herself during her previous visits to this restaurant but she counted herself lucky given the bubbling wonder that she saw in those red eyes. It was safe to say that Akko's love of magic extended beyond the legend of Arcturus. By the time they left the restaurant, it was past nine. Diana ordered a ride for them via her phone and it arrived within only a couple of minutes. The wonders of modern technology, although Akko wouldn't have minded waiting a little longer with Diana. Throughout the ride, They sat hand in hand in comfortable silence, basking in each other's presence as they took in the lively city streets at night that shone through the windows. Diana instructed the driver to wait outside of Akko's flat. As Diana walked Akko to her door, Akko didn't feel nervous at all. As if she could see a beautiful path ahead of her. When they stopped at the door, they stood close to one another, they could feel each other's warmth. I had an amazing time today, Akko said softly, almost a whisper, as she didn't want to break the surreal, magical aura that engulfed the two of them. Diana smiled warmly. I'm glad. And so did I. I really like you, Diana, Akko said unwaveringly. Like, like, like. I like you, Diana. Will you go out with me? Diana chuckled as she squeezed Akko's hand. I feel very much the same, Akko. And I'd love to. Akko smiled as she leaned in slowly. She smells sweet. Akko couldn't help herself. Like flowers. And without an ounce of hesitation, Diana's lips met Akko's halfway. It felt just right. Soft. Warm. Heavenly. A chaste kiss that carried a promise. It didn't last very long, but its brevity didn't at all diminish its perfection. They waved goodnight as Diana walked back to her ride. Their eyes met one more time before Diana entered the vehicle. Ako didn't open her door until the car was out of sight. And when she did, she saw a lotter that was on the verge of exploding with elation for her. Chapter 13, Long Distance Even in the cold, Diana was warm with affection. As she walked arm-in-arm with Akko through the snowy night, the cold was nothing but an afterthought compared to the brunette who wore an oversized orange windbreaker that was passed down from her Ocarson. Diana couldn't think of a place in the world that she wanted to be more than next to Akko in the frozen streets. The street lamps lit the path with an almost amber hue. It added an even more dreamlike quality to the surreal moment. Somehow, the vacant streets did not diminish the unique atmosphere that came with Christmas Eve. It had felt like the months had snuck up on Diana as she dove into her days with the newfound perspective that came with dating Otsuko Kagari. She couldn't believe that a single day had passed with Akko as her girlfriend. Then a week. Then a month. But at t- times, The days felt never ending, like blissful dreams that stretched the distance between the seconds. Like when Diana would help explain something to Akko during their countless study sessions, and her blue eyes would watch in fascination as she sees a tinkle in those deep red orbs that shines with comprehension and gratitude. Like when Akko's expression would be anticipating and adorable as she watches Diana taste her cooking, only to turn into pure joy as she sees Diana's genuine smile. Diana, Diana. That was all the warning she received before she was tackled by a blur of brunette hair by the side into a hug. Diana was barely able to keep her phone from flying from her hand. Acho, Diana squeaked out in surprise as her legs fought to keep her upright. Oh my God, you not believe it! Hide and believe it, Acho all but verbally vomited with excessive excitement. Passersby by turned their heads to glance at the girls curiously, but no one paid any mind. It was the day that results for the semester were released. Diana organised a meeting with Akko in the morning to visit an art gallery in the city. She thought that it would be a nice outing to not only spend time with her girlfriend, but also to unwind together if Akko wasn't happy with her results. Contrary to what Diana had initially thought of Akko when she had first met her, Akko enjoyed the arts. She appreciated the work that artists put into them, as well as the places that art can take the viewer. She was even starting to be more open to the thought-provoking kinds of art, and Diana was going to do her darn best to encourage Akko's explorations in that area. You've seen your results? Diana asked, still having an Akko wrapped around her body like the bandages on a mummy. Akko retracted a little to meet Diana's eyes. In that moment, Diana could see the culmination of months of hard work and weeks of anxious waiting in Akko's eyes. It was elation and relief. I know I said that I wouldn't peek at my results until you got here, but I couldn't help it. Akko exclaimed animatedly. I couldn't stop fidgeting and stuff, and I didn't know whether I could take it if I got disappointed in front of you without bracing myself and the next thing I knew my phone was already unlocked and on the portal. and Akko, Diana cut her rambling girlfriend off. Take a deep breath. Akko took a much needed but perhaps unnecessarily large breath, held it for a length long enough to be a cause for concern, then released it. She then took another large breath. So yeah, I had a peek at my results and oh my god I kinda did super well like yeah I felt like I worked harder this semester, but I was kinda anxious anyway, because you never know but. Diana leaned in and placed a quick kiss on Akko's lips to shut her up. Unfortunately, it short-circuited Akko's brain since she didn't expect to feel soft, warm lips on hers while rambling about academics. I uh, I I Akko stammered. Role-playing dial-up on the internet. Diana chuckled. Will you show me? Akko nodded as she held her phone to Diana. After a brief second, Diana looked back into Akko's eyes, which had been studying her expression with a mixture of pride and affection. I knew you could do it, she said softly with a smile. Akko's eyes gleamed with appreciation. It was because of you. Diana gazed into the red ocean, pouring the contents of her heart that Akko had sowed. The ocean stirred fervently in response. You should see yourself the way I do. Time slowed in those moments as Diana filed them deep into her memories, to be replayed over and over again when she wasn't with Akko. Being in a relationship was a new experience for both of them. Trying out new things with another person who was as scary as it was exciting, but having the knowledge that it was the same for each other helped pave through much of the awkwardness with solidarity. Warmth. Hands exploring arms and clothed backs. Sitting on Akko's bed that was admittedly cramped, their lips familiarised with one another, meeting and parting and meeting and parting in a duet that repeated its beats indefinitely. They breathed heavily as their hearts raced to match the excitement that they felt. It wasn't just purely physical. They felt close in more ways than one. Intimacy It wasn't something that Diana had ever felt before. The same could be said for Akko, she supposed. This entirely foreign feeling was heady and exhilarating. She had never felt as close to anyone as she did with Akko in this moment. For in this moment, she wasn't Diana Cavendish, the ever-composed, invulnerable woman who people respected from afar. But rather, she was Diana, an inexperienced girl who wanted to share new experiences with the girl who had turned her life upside down. The girl who had sowed the seeds inside her heart that Diana had once thought was barren, which had blossomed into insuppressible feelings that made Diana feel alive. She was the Diana that was letting her vulnerability display as she moved without much of the grace that she was usually known for, all to learn how to please Akko as well as herself. For once, she gave herself into desire with another. And it felt good. It felt heavenly. After some time that neither girl kept track of, Diana pulled away. She could now see the light flush over Akko's face, and realised that she herself likely also wore the same colour, if the heat that she felt was anything to go by. Ako looked at her in bemusement. Diana. What's wrong? She asked with mild concern. Nothing. Everything is good. Really good, Diana replied as she regained her breath. Then. Diana paused for a moment, before asking in embarrassment, Akko. Do you mind if we tried, tongue? Akko suddenly took in a deep breath through her nose that didn't escape Diana's notice. Um. Wow, Akko said, perhaps to herself, before breaking into a sultry smile with mischievous eyes. How does she look so tempting? Diana's thought as her heart pounded. Didn't know you were so adventurous, Miss Cavendish, Akko said suggestively. Diana glared at her, hoping that her eyes didn't betray her feelings at being referred to as Miss Cavendish in that tone by Akko. That better be a yes, Diana said breathlessly. The moment she saw Akko nod, Diana leaned in. It started like the countless kisses that they shared before, only this time, Akko broke the precedent by parting her lips, giving Diana's tongue an entrance to meet a new part of Akko. The thought of sharing saliva with someone else is a weird one to Diana every hour of the day, except this one. In this hour and in the present company, it was intoxicating. At first, the inexperience from both girls meant that their movements were clumsy. Chaotic. Messy, even. But priding herself as a fast learner, Diana soon settled into a comfortable rhyme with Akko and their pleasure spiked. Touch taste, smell, sound – all of these senses were as equally sated as they were insatiable. The exception was sight. Both girls closed their eyes, which only served to heighten the other sensations through which they experienced one another. Without even consciously realising it, Diana had wrapped her arms around Akko and clung tighter, and Akko had done the same. Diana had never felt as close to anyone as she did with Akko at that moment. It was almost scary to Diana how comfortable and how right Akko's presence felt in her life. Diana wasn't even entirely sure if she was herself anymore. If one's identity is defined by their worldviews, preferences, and the choices they would make given the circumstances they were presented with, then the Diana Cavendish she was now was not the same Diana from before she had met Akko. But one thing was certain. Diana was happier. Treading through the snow by Akko's side in comfortable silence, she felt fulfilled. As if the indescribable feeling of emptiness that she had felt for years had finally receded. Like she had been missing Akko this whole time, despite not knowing who the girl was until months before. They had left last Wednesdays at around 11. It was their Christmas Eve celebration, with their remaining friends, who had yet to go home for the holidays. Amanda and Susie were, unsurprisingly, staying around for the winter break. Constance was also staying around to finish a mechatronics engineering project before returning to Munich. Jasminka and Lotta had left a week after their final exams. And of course, Hannah and Barbara tagged along since they weren't going anywhere. Akko had booked her flight home to be during the middle of the first week after New Year's. She reasoned with her parents that it was cheaper that way, and that she wanted to spend more time with her friends. Both of which are not necessarily untrue, but the real reason was that she wanted to spend more time with Diana, especially without any academic pressure on her part. Their evening in the pub had been rather relaxed. Not any different from how Akko's friends would usually spend their time in last Wednesdays, although Diana bought fancier cocktails for Akko, a stark contrast to the cheap beer and cider that she usually would have with her friends. Nowadays, Amanda and Hannah were on amicable terms, although Diana could have sworn that there was still residual awkwardness lingering in the air. It was felt whenever she saw a mischievous twinkle in Amanda's eyes, as if she was about to tease Hannah or deliver the usual rowdy banter that she had with her other friends that would be gone anticlimactically the next second. An improvement nevertheless. Akko knew that Diana didn't particularly enjoy staying out too late. So without even being prompted, Akko had offered to leave with her despite Diana not having shown any indication of wanting to leave. During that moment, all Diana could think in her head. Was about how amazing and considerate and thoughtful and understanding Akko was. She gave Akko a peck on her lips when they had left the front entrance. Diana had offered to arrange a ride for the both of them to her place, but Akko instead suggested that they walk. Even through the winter chill, Akko wanted to stroll through the white streets with Diana, who was only happy to oblige. Akko's enthusiasm for life was infectious. Being with her, Diana was starting to appreciate the smaller things in life. Simple things that could bring joy or inspire beauty that she would have overlooked before. After 15 or so minutes, they reached Diana's flat, where Diana kicked off her black boots and took off her grey coat, while Akko ran for Diana's room the moment her sneakers were off of her feet. Diana could only smile as she heard a thump on her bed as she walked towards her room. Akko's antics were as endearing to her as they were amusing. When she walked through her own door, she saw Akko lying on her bed face down, her brunette hair scattered across Diana's pillow. She could hear Akko sign into it. Comfortable? Diana asked in amusement as she sat at the edge of the bed. Yeah, came Akko's muffled voice. It smells like you. Diana curled an eyebrow. I'm glad you like it. I love it. Akko flipped herself onto her back and yawned before she could say anything more. Perhaps we should turn in for the night, Diana offered as she stood up. Would you like to shower first? I showered before we went out, so I don't need it. Nah? I showered in the morning, Akko replied. Plus, it's pretty cold right now. I'd rather be snuggled in bed with you. Diana grabbed a spare set of pyjamas and placed it near Akko on the bed. All right then. I'm going to use the bathroom first. You can change into these while waiting for me. You better not peek. Akko called out as Diana walked into her bathroom. I've never. Before the bathroom door closed, an exhausted I know slipped through. By the time Diana exited her bathroom, Akko was already half asleep. She felt slightly bad for rousing Akko out of her peaceful rest, but she knew that she'd be doing Akko a favour by making sure that she used the bathroom before sleeping. After a minute of talking Akko into it, she finally begrudgingly got out of Diana's bed and shuffled into the bathroom. Diana took the time to neatly fold Akko's clothes, which had been scattered messily on the floor. When Akko had come back, Diana was already waiting in bed. Having the warmth of another body under the covers was a much better alternative to leaving the heater on during wintry nights, Diana now firmly believed. They kissed and exchanged goodnights before they allowed their tiredness to give way to slumber. Diana vaguely remembered letting her arm rest across Akko's waist moments before she fell asleep. When Diana woke up, Akko was still asleep, her brunette hair splayed messily around her. Given that she had nowhere to be on Christmas morning, she was content to indulge herself by appreciating Akko's relaxed expression as she played with a lock of brunette hair. What should have been a cold morning was warm and snug. Diana wished that she could wake up to this every day for the rest of her life. She wasn't sure how long the quiet bliss lasted, but eventually, Akko's eyes fluttered open as they fought against the last vestiges of sleep. Good morning, Diana whispered. Akko's red eyes looked at Diana through their days. Morning, Dot. Did you sleep well? Always with you, Akko replied without any trace of embarrassment. Diana chuckled. Romantic. Akko smiled for a moment before her eyes blinked with a realisation that chased away the remaining tiredness. It's Christmas morning, she said excitedly as she leaned upwards, supported by her arms as she looked back down into blue eyes. And here I thought you'd appreciate sleeping in, Diana said with faux exasperation. Ako leaned back down and brought her face close to Diana and enclosed her face in dark brown curtains of hair causing a gasp to escape from the other girl's lips in sudden anticipation. Not this morning. I can't wait to give you your present. She pecked Diana's lips and smiled in self-satisfaction when she lifted herself up and saw the reaction in those ocean eyes. Come on, Ako said as she got out of the bed. She pulled the covers off from Diana's body and smirked as her eyes roamed freely. Despite wearing sleepwear appropriate for the British winter, Diana still felt naked, as she instinctively grabbed the covers in knee-jerk embarrassment. Does letting her do this to me qualify as a Christmas gift? She thought. Akko ran out of her room before Diana could say anything. When Diana finished using her bathroom and changed into jeans and a turtleneck, she was greeted by the sight of Akko watching Christmas morning TV in the living room. Diana told Ako that she could change in her room since she was done with it, but Akko shook her head and said that she was comfy in the pyjamas that Diana had given her. Hannah and Barbara left shortly after breakfast to visit their families, but not before exchanging celebratory words and giving the couple expensive chocolates. It was safe to say, Ako was ecstatic and hugged them with enough force to choke a small horse. Sitting near the small yet tasteful Christmas tree that Barbara had purchased for the previous year, Diana offered to give Akko her gift first. She walked back into her room and took out the pristinely wrapped package that was sizable and heavy enough for her to strain a little. When she handed it to Akko, she told Akko not to shake it for clues with a severe look in her eyes that communicated her seriousness. Diana was never good at picking out and giving gifts to people because there weren't many people nor occasions in her life that motivated her enough to do so. But she thought that Akko could do with a new laptop to run the programs she needed for university, as well as game development. Diana had expected various reactions from her girlfriend. But what she didn't expect was a dozen seconds of speechlessness and a hanging jaw, followed by tears under red orbs that threatened to spill. Akko gently placed the package on the floor and hugged Diana in affection and gratitude. Her voice was wobbly when she expressed that this was too much, and that she felt guilty for accepting it. It was only when Diana had emphasized the sheer magnitude of her wealth using easy-to-grasp metaphors that Akko stopped crying and vowed to take care of the laptop, as she would with a baby. Akko looked sheepish when she dug a small box from her bag and handed it to Diana, explaining that Diana's gift dwarfed Akko's present for her. Diana reassured that she wasn't expecting anything and that she would cherish whatever she received from her. When Diana unwrapped and opened the box, she saw a pendant made of a spiral seashell that was snowy white. She thought that it was charming. And when Akko had explained that it was a shell that she found on a beach earlier that year with her friends, and had polished it and made it into a sturdy pendant with the help of Constance, Diana found the gift to be immensely touching. She felt silly that she didn't put in the effort to personally make something for Akko. To give Akko something truly unique and meaningful beyond just practicality. Diana supposed that that made them even. No, she corrected herself. Akko upstaged me. For the several more days that Akko remained in England, Diana rarely took off her pendant. Diana saw Akko off at the airport. Their farewell embrace lasted long enough for Diana to worry over Akko missing her plane. Ako had tears in her eyes as she looked back at Diana past the gates. Diana, however, gave a smile that promised their reunion. When she returned home to her flat that day, she felt an intense loneliness that had cut through the optimism that the New Year's had brought a few days ago. It was a combination of various things. Akko was on the plane back to Kyoto and not in Diana's arms. Hannah and Barbara are staying with their families for the holidays. The empty university campus. The biting cold. She had gotten too used to having people around her. Too used to Akko's exuberance and affection. It was like the debilitating juxtaposition of stepping out of a hot shower on a wintry day or of being forced out of a rare spring in a vast, lifeless desert. Diana held the seashell that hung from her neck. It helped to fill the emptiness she felt with beautiful promises and heartfelt sentiments. The cold shell brought her warmth. She supposed that she should be lucky to feel what she was feeling at that moment because it validated the time. That she had spent with Akko so far. That, truly, Akko gave Diana's life what she had been missing. What she needed. Diana felt purposeless without Akko. After all, her own friends were away and the university was having their holiday shutdown period. What was she going to do? Call Aunt Daryl. The thought had made her shudder. It wasn't even worth joking about it. The real joke was that Derry actually called later that day, to ask whether Diana was coming back to the Cavendish estate. It was not an invitation, but rather a mere confirmation of intentions. After Diana told her that she wasn't, Daryl asked about her love life. Diana really wasn't in the mood. And even if she were, she wouldn't discuss her relationship with Daryl just so her aunt could tease her about it, or worse, say disparaging things about Akko. Someone who was short of the British aristocracy due to not fulfilling either of the two requirements. She was neither British or aristocratic. Hence, Diana ended the call rather early. One can imagine the lifeline that Diana had felt when she saw the notifications on her phone. 10.47 aco Sorry I just woke up lol. 10.47 aco Did you miss me? Winky face. Akko, like I missed you 030. Diana stayed up rather late that night. If anyone had asked Diana, she would have said that the winter break was too long. Now that was a loaded statement that was sure to be offensive to your average university student, but Diana would fiercely defend it. It was really lonely without Akko. It was as if Diana's body, not just her mind, had grown accustomed to Akko. Occasionally, she would inexplicably smell a whiff of Akko's scent. It happened a few times when she was walking through campus or studying at the library. It happened at least a dozen times when she was at home in her room. Diana's scientific mind could not explain this at all. Diana secretly regretted that she didn't convince Akko to leave an unwashed shirt over or something. She dreamt of Akko frequently, But this was expected. Her dreams were often nonsensical, but many times they would involve going on dates with Akko, or Akko bursting into her room and rambling incomprehensibly about something that had happened, or other equivalently normal things. Sometimes, more often than she would like to admit, Diana's thoughts would linger too long on Akko, and her mind would drift to thoughts about her that were less pure, more amorous, carnal. At first, She resisted it and opted for showers that weren't warm enough for the seasonal climate. But when her mind conjured memories of being physically close, making out with the girl that she was attracted to on every level, and images of the tacit promises that their relationship held, there was only so much Diana could take before she eventually surrendered and gave in to her desires. Diana didn't quite know how to feel about it. It felt good breathtaking, even, as the true extent of her feelings for Akko were released and released. But there was also guilt. What would Akko think? Diana had asked herself. Would Akko hate me for using her in that way? Diana didn't know, and she was too afraid to ask. So like an addict, the withdrawal effects of not having Akko around were most definitely felt. The small reprieve she had was that she and Akko talked daily. If they couldn't do video calls, they would voice call. If they couldn't do voice calls, they would exchange messages. Working around their time difference wasn't easy, but it had meant that during their two calls a day, she would wish Akko a good night during the mornings and receive one from Akko during the evenings before she would sleep. Because Akko had known that she wasn't going to be able to keep herself from revealing her newfound relationship with her parents, she decided to just come clean and tell her parents up front. Both Diana and Akko were rather anxious about how the conversation with Akko's parents would go down. Akko was afraid of how her parents would react. Even loving parents could turn cruel if they felt like their child was causing them to lose face. Diana, on the other hand, concerned for the hurt that Akko would experience if things went south, and afraid that she would lose Akko if her parents couldn't accept her. The thought of losing Akko and the joy and affection that she brought to Diana's life was a thought so painful to her that she wouldn't allow herself to dwell on it. Because if she did, she could very well fall into a void that she couldn't claw back from. As it turned out, neither of the girls should have been worried because OTuzen and O'Karsan weren't surprised at all about their daughter's sexuality. Apparently the posters in Akko's Room of Yui manga and anime didn't help in convincing her parents that she was straight. But their family had never had the conversation until now. OTuzen was never quite bothered by the idea that his little girl liked other girls, but Okasan had been hopeful that it would be just a phase. In the end, they both acknowledged that Akko was their daughter, And her own happiness was the most important thing. After all, that was why they were supportive of Akko's unorthodox career choice, as well as her desire to study halfway across the world from them. It was a nerve wracking experience for Diana to video call Akko's parents. The one thing she had going for her was the fact that keeping composed even when she felt nervous with adrenaline was a skill that her upbringing had provided her. They were very polite. It was all smiles. But Diana couldn't really tell whether they were keeping to etiquette, or if they really were charmed by her. Akko had promised her that it was fine, and that her parents were surprised that Akko had landed someone who was as refined and impressive and beautiful as Diana. She figured that if Akko was fine with it, then she would be too. And indeed, it had felt as if an oppressive weight was lifted off of her chest. Apart from that, the holidays since ACO had gone had been rather uneventful. Of course, being the upcoming academic she was, Diana had yet another vacation research scholarship with Professor Meredith. So she still did a decent amount of work. Rather excitingly, the research that they had been working on over the last six months had proved to be promising. So Professor Merides had tasked Diana with drafting a manuscript aimed at one of the top publishing journals in the area of biomedical research. Getting her name out there was an exhilarating prospect. Not only because of the idea that she was publishing genuine research that would be of interest to world-class researchers, but also due to the realisation that Diana would be making a measurable step towards the future that she had been preparing for her whole life. Given their fruitful time, Diana had been propositioned by Professor Meredith to do a master's thesis under her supervision before the end of the previous semester. That had been perfect, because Diana had been set on doing her master's programme under her anyway. Croy, Diana would mentally correct herself. Professor Mary Croy had asked her to refer to her as such. Calling me by my title makes me feel old, she had said in a dry expression. Unsurprisingly, Diana's application for her master's programme at Luna Nova had gone through without a hitch. She heard back within the week, along with the award of an academic scholarship, whereas she heard that some of her peers waited over a month for a decision. Was it her academic track record or her Cavendish privilege that had given her such a red carpet reception into the prestigious programme? Diana really hoped that it wasn't the latter. During her downtime in which she wasn't talking to Akko, or researching, she took the time to relax by reading some novels that had been on her backlog, or attempting to watch TV shows that her friends suggested. Truth be told, Diana wasn't very good at relaxing. She always tended to bury herself with work. So when she had free time on her hands, she usually either struggled to find something relaxing to do, or buried herself in more work. But she was determined now to do the latter this time because akko had asked her not to but diana akko had cried you need breaks you gotta use the time you have now to take it easy and so diana did or tried to she had replayed the legend of arcturus for the first time in many years under akko's suggestion better yet she had live streamed her playthrough for her girlfriend That had been fun, even with Akko being a backseat gamer. No Diana. You gotta use Metamorphy Facius to transform Fafni into a weaker form, so he can't use his insider trading attack. Akko would say, or say it with me Diana. Shiny. Arc. Aside from the legend of Arcturus, Diana would play the game that she and Akko had made during the previous semester. Their project had received excellent marks and Ursula had congratulated the girls personally. Akko had been beside herself with fulfilment and optimism. After all, with Diana, Akko had made a game that she was immensely proud of and received praise from her idol, now that had been a shock when Akko had found out. Really, Akko was right about games being fun. Having a game that was fun to play had meant that Diana could sometimes pass the time with a glass of wine and enjoy what she had made with Akko. During one night, well into her break, Diana sat on her chair in her room. She wanted to do something. Her last year had been eye-opening, life-changing. Diana wasn't quite sure about how she would describe it, but it had been an important year to her. So many things had happened. Things that she didn't expect. Things that threw her off. Things that made her happy. She had to do something. Something to make the year feel real, more real than the sweet, surreal dream that it felt like in her memories, so that Diana didn't have to worry about waking up from it. Something for Akko. The girl who had turned her world upside down and shown just what she had been missing. Who had given Diana the affection that she so needed. Who had accepted Diana's affections and cherished them as much as Diana cherished her. And so Diana decided to communicate her feelings and emotions in the only way she truly knew how. To show Akko how she felt about her through the medium of experiences. Chapter 14 Oasis Part 1 Akko was restless. She laid on her unmade bed. It was only a little past three in the afternoon, yet she was frustrated at the fact that the sun couldn't set faster. After all, it was only in the late evenings that she could talk to Diana. If she tried to contact her now, she would only be disturbing Diana's beauty sleep. Akko didn't want to abuse the trust that Diana had placed in her by not leaving her phone on silent. When Akko was younger, she would revel in having nothing to do, because that would mean that she would have time to do the things she enjoyed, like playing The Legend of Arcturus, trying to write games, sketching fan art of Shiny Chariot, and so forth. But now, she couldn't spend time with the person who she enjoyed being around the most. Everything in comparison seems duller somehow. Akko wasn't depressed. She just simply wished she could enjoy her break in Japan with Diana. She wanted to show Diana her favourite spots in Kyoto. She wanted to show Diana her favourite hole in the walls. She wanted to experience her first time drinking in Japan with Diana, since Akko was finally back in Japan and was just at the legal drinking age here. sighed. There wasn't any point in moping around about missing Diana. God, Akko thought, I'm heels over head over that girl, wait, or is it head over heels? Ah who cares? It's not like anyone can read my thoughts to laugh at me anyway. There wasn't any point in planking on her bed. She was finally back home in Kyoto, a thought that would have filled her with excitement in the previous semester when she felt a little homesick. She might as well take advantage of that fact. So grunting with effort, Akko raised her legs high in the air before swiftly bringing them down onto the floor, producing enough momentum to propel the rest of her upper body off of the bed. Standing there, upright, Akko felt cool. The only things there were missing were cool shades over her eyes and a Diana Cavendish to charm. Maybe she would record herself doing it again later for Diana. Looking outside her window, Akko saw that the skies were grey, but they weren't threatening enough to warrant wearing clothes that hedged against the possibility of rain. So she put on her old brown sweater, and a pair of warm jeans and a red beanie that was a birthday gift from her paternal grandmother over half a dozen years ago. Walking out of her room and towards the front door, she saw that her mum was sitting on the couch, watching something on her phone, while her dad was browsing his computer. O Carson. Otoozen, Ako called out as she strode past them. I'm going out for a walk. Will you be back for dinner? O'Carson asked. Yeah, probably, Ako replied. Might get something to eat anyway, though. Otoozen chuckled without taking his eyes off of the screen. That sounds about right. Do you need any cash? Ako checked her wallet. A bit over 3000 yen. Nah? I have enough." Before she exited the front door, she heard it's cold, and be careful out there from her parents. Ako was happy that her relationship with her parents hadn't changed after telling them that she was dating Diana. In her mind, that conversation was a terrifying one to have. But when she was having the conversation, it just felt awkward. Otoozan was surprisingly nonchalant about it, although in hindsight that shouldn't have been surprising at all, he was always the more relaxed and less conservative of her parents. With Okasan however, Akko knew that she probably still held on to some form of hope that her little girl would someday marry a man and give birth to Japanese grandchildren or whatever. So not hearing any complaints from Okasan was a blessing that Akko was glad to have. Akko wouldn't be surprised if Otuzan had placated Ocarson behind closed doors. One thing that had helped is the fact that Diana was Diana, charming, well-mannered, elegant, intelligent, beautiful. So naturally, when her parents met her in a video call, there was no room for them to criticise Akko's girlfriend. Akko could tell that her parents felt like that they were talking with someone who was of a classier breed and so they gave Diana the reception that they would give to someone important. The same way that they might address their employers or a politician. In Acko's mind, her parents likely thought that Diana was out of Akko's league. And frankly, Akko would agree. But the only thing that her parents had remarked about Diana was she seems like a nice girl and Akko was thankful that it was all they had said. The streets were dry. Akko counted herself lucky, since it had rained on four days of the previous week. As Akko walked through the familiar streets, she heard the traditional percussion that played from speakers that she couldn't see. It sounded as if it was playing from every direction, impossible to get away from. Growing up in Kyoto, she was used to this. It even made the streets feel more homely now that she had been living overseas. The streets looked nothing like what she had become used to in England. They were a strange blend of traditional and suburban. On the side of the street that Acker walked on, the apartments and buildings were varying shades of grey, brown and brick-red. The sides of some of the buildings were littered by vending machines and small shops and restaurants, but every building was bordered by dozens of power lines supported by utility poles every dozen or so metres. On the other side of the street, however, was a towering wooden gate that had no doubt been erected many eras ago. Near the gate were stone pillars inscribed with kanji, and behind the gate, Akko could see Japanese maples that covered the hills beyond. Akko decided to cross the street and walk under the majestic gate. She had been through it before. Many times, in fact. She knew the paths that branched out down the track intimately. She knew exactly which path to take in order to reach the Grand Shrine at the heart of the park. The scenic routes, which would take one around the breathtaking pond, and into the best places to view the artfully kept park and the hills beyond. She didn't want to spend too long trekking through the park. Because Kamisama knew that Akko could easily spend the rest of her night here if she got too carried away by the countless winding paths that lead to hidden beauties. So Akko, took the most efficient path, for a brief stroll through the sanctuary. She took many photos with her phone. Of the trees. The hills. The koi fish. The turtles. The mise en scene that was crafted by a collaboration, between the keepers and nature herself. Even of herself. All to show Diana later, so she could have some semblance of experiencing her home with Diana. It was well past four when Akko left the park. She vowed to return another day, since no parks in England could ever come close to the beauty and awe of the reserves in Japan. Akko had taken an exit out of the park that was different from the entrance that she had come from and made her way towards the banks of Kama River. She held many memories of the river. Akko might have walked alongside it hundreds of times. She wouldn't even be surprised if that number was in the thousands. It was like returning to an old friend, one that had watched her grow from the little girl whose parents took her on picnics near them, to the woman that she was now. Not that Akko felt like a woman. She still felt like a girl who was trying to find her own way in the world. After several minutes of strolling along the river, Akko sat at the edge of an incline that touched the flowing water. It was strange to think that this river was a constant in Akko's life. It was an anchor that she would always come back to. Its unending movement represented not only the passage of time in Akko's life, but also an inspiration that Akko's will should be as unceasing as the motions of the river. After all, it was the river where Akko had vocally proclaimed her dream of becoming a creator who would bring joy to the hearts of others, of being someone just like Chariot. Who knew that Akko would one day meet Chariot in the flesh, would meet the woman who shaped the person who Akko was today, and who had told her that she would support Akko on her journey however she could. It was a strange experience for Akko to receive an email from her lecturer after her marks were released. Ursula congratulated her on her fantastic results. While Akko had been happy reading her praise from Ursula, It felt almost a little insincere given that she was far from the top of the class. An ominous feeling sank in after reading the line that ended with Come visit my office sometime. Post-traumatic stress disorder from her past associations with visit and office being used in the same sentence, probably. Whenever she had been invited to a teacher's office in the past, it was never for anything good. Always reprimands for accidents or pranks, or solemn talks about her less-than-stellar academic performance, or her unconventional career aspirations. Diana had encouraged Akko to visit her favourite lecturer. Diana had told her that it sounded like a good thing. And Akko knew better than to question her girlfriend's omniscience. Ako had been mentally gathering the courage to knock on the door to Ursula's office when she saw that it was already open. With Ursula busy typing away, not noticing the awkward brunette standing in her doorway. H.I. Ursula, Akko squeaked out. Her voice cracked from her dry throat. Oh, sorry I didn't notice you sooner, Ursula said kindly with a smile. Come in. Take a seat. She turned her chair away from her computer, as if whatever she was doing didn't hold a handle to the significance of having Akko in her office. Congratulations on your excellent mark in the course, Ursula said, as she raised her hands to lightly clap. You deserved it, Akko. The amount of effort and heart you've put into the work really shows. Akko blushed. She wasn't used to being praised so openly. T-thanks, Akko said sheepishly, as she scratched the back of her neck. It was nothing. A lot of my peers did even better. Ursula looked as though she was scandalised by Akko's trivialization of her own efforts. It wasn't nothing, Akko. I won't accept having you think that. She leaned in a little. I've seen your academic transcript. Wait, Akko panicked internally, lecturers can do that. Isn't that a breach of privacy or something? And not to turn this into a discussion of academics but your performance in my course sticks out like a sore thumb. Sorry. Oh no, please don't apologize. It's clear to me that you're really passionate about game development. And that when you put your heart into something, you can do great things. Really, you remind me of myself. Ursula had a faraway look in her eyes, as if she was reminiscing bittersweet times. I thank you, Akko said with a soft, genuine smile. I think I needed to hear that. It means a lot. Ursula gave her own smile in response. She seemed almost motherly at that moment. I want to let you know that I've been where you are. My own grades weren't so glamorous back then, Ursula chuckled to herself. If you ever need guidance on anything, let me know. I'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction in achieving your dreams. Akko was floored. I don't know what to say. Really, thank you. At that moment, her red eyes looked past the chariot and saw a small trophy. It wasn't just any trophy. It was an award that she recognized instantly, the best indie game award from the year that the legend of Arcturus had won it. Chariot didn't collect it in person, because they wanted to maintain their anonymity, having insisted that the game mattered more than the creator. Chariot. Ursula all of a sudden looked nervous, as if the confidence in the conviction she had declared earlier had suddenly vaporised by the dropping of that name. Ah. Yes. That was the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Ursula was a Chariot. Akko had been studying under her idol this whole time. At that moment, Akko had been ecstatic and starstruck, as one usually were when they met their idol in the flesh. But that quickly turned into samba understanding when Ursula explained her rise and fall as chariot. The excitement, optimism and pride as tens of thousands of people found their own joy in a game that she had created. The opportunities that her unexpected success gave her. The frustrations of having naively signed a contract that commodified her game in exchange for a future in the industry. And depression. All of it had culminated in loss. The loss of her artistic freedom in the world that she had brought to life. The loss of her confidence and optimism. The loss of Chariot. Of herself. Ako didn't want that. As she gazed out onto the steadily flowing waters along the river, she knew what she wanted to be. Just like the waters of the Kama River, they were always travelling in one direction at a singular pace. Comfortable. Neither slow nor fast. Akko had found inspiration in its nature. Taking Ursula's morals to heart, Akko didn't want to be a bright candle that burned too fast. She wanted to find her own way and go at her own pace. Akko sat along the bank of the river long enough to watch the sun turn red and set behind the mountains in the distance. No matter how many times Akko had seen this view, it always seemed picturesque, like the depictions of Japanese artists across the eras. The sunset had relinquished the natural light, which was replaced by the illumination from the shop, restaurants and bars that sat above the riverbanks. The lights reflected off of the surface of the water, providing an ethereal scene that made Akko feel like she was in another world entirely. Akko didn't quite feel like going home yet, so she walked up a bridge and crossed it to the other side of Kama River, the more urban side that had a livelier nightlife. The streets were bright, colorful. She had an idea of where she wanted to go, and brought up the digital map on her phone. Walking through the tight and twisting alleyways, Akko stopped in front of a small restaurant. Honestly, it probably also served as a home. Suddenly remembering that the last time she ate was more than four hours ago, she felt her stomach grumble and her eyes homed in on the takoyakis that were being cooked. She handed a thousand yen note to the old lady who tended the makeshift stand from behind the window and after a minute or so, received a dozen takoyakis in return with a grateful smile. Akko knew that she should enjoy the food slowly, as once she returned to England, there would be very little opportunity for this level of authenticity. But after the first takoyaki, she was reminded of just how hungry she had become from being out for hours, and couldn't stop herself from mowing down the family of takoyakis in record time. She didn't even sit on the stool outside of the quaint restaurant. After she finished, barely more than a couple of minutes, Akko continued her journey. She was after a bar. But not just any bar, a hidden gem that she had accidentally stumbled across online when she was googling what a moonwalk was. After about another five minutes of walking through the winding paths, Akko found herself in front of a creamy three-story building that was unremarkable especially in comparison to the classier, taller and more modern buildings that it was surrounded by. There was no way that Akko would have unintentionally stumbled across this particular bar, for the sole advertisement for it was visible only when she looked up and squinted, posters which were lined against the windows on the third floor. All drink 200 yen. Bar Moonwalk. One of the posters had the art for the bar a lady in a blue dress that leaned against the crescent moon, tangling stars in her hand. Akko climbed the narrow stairs that were surely hazardous. She imagined that they would be particularly lethal for patrons, who might have had too much to drink. Walking through the door, it was like a portal to a different world. The dimly lit place was fairly small for a bar. Synthwave music played through the speakers to the side. The drink rack behind the bartender was lit by vibrant neon colours. There was only one other patron in the bar, who looked like they were casually doing homework at the bar while nursing a colourful drink. The bartender greeted Akko and told her that she could sit anywhere she liked. Akko thanked the bartender and sat at a tiny table to the side. The bartender then walked up to her and handed a piece of paper that had their Wi-Fi name, password and a website address. He explained that food and drinks were to be ordered online via the address on the paper. Akko was excited by how convenient this was, as this meant she no longer had to try and fail to hide her ignorance of the different types and brands of alcohol in front of bartenders. It took her three times before she managed to type out the address correctly. 400 yen table charge. The 200 yen price on drinks doesn't include tax. Akko was outraged internally. And they're charging how much for the fries? I guess that's how they make their money. Akko vowed to only buy drinks, as the food was most definitely overpriced. The drinks were named in an interesting fashion. Akko decided to start with heaven and hell, purely based on how colourful it looked in the picture. After placing her order, she saw the bartender get to it immediately. She watched in mesmerization as he skillfully prepared her drink. She didn't think that any bartender that had served her in England was as much of a pro as this young man, who was surely no older than mid-thirties. He delivered the drink to Akko with the politeness one would expect from her compatriot. The glass wasn't particularly wide, and there was a fairly large block of ice in her drink, so volume-wise, there wasn't that much. But then again, Akko was only paying 216 yen, consumption tax included, for it. The top half of the glass was blue while the bottom half was dark red. Gosh this is so pretty. Akko thought as she took a photo of it. When she mixed her drink with the straw provided, the colours mixed and became dark purple. As she took her first sip, she was hit with a fizzy sweetness that had a tang of spice from the vodka. So it tastes as good as it looks. Akko nursed her drink, she took in more of her surroundings. Posters of pop culture references, from Japan and overseas, lined the walls. The TV from behind the bartender played some surreal-looking anime on mute. A girl in a red dress and yellow jacket was doing a silly walk somehow, the surrealness of the anime worked well with the sensual electronic music that played. Akko then noticed that there were ornaments on the ceiling. Toys and figurines somehow populated the space up there. A large train set too. Directly above the bar, she saw dozens and dozens of foreign notes stapled to the carpeted ceiling. Akko would have offered British notes, but she saw that there were already plenty of those up there. The place really felt special. Akko would have described it as a mood. She took a couple of photos with her phone to show Diana later. As Akko was waiting for her next drink, a tequila-based drink called Oasis, she saw a couple walk through the door hand in hand. After the bartender gave her her aqua drink, he greeted the couple at their table and gave them a paper that was similar to the one he had given to her earlier. They sat on a couch together. After they received their drinks, they talked animatedly, as if they were the only two people in the room, lost in a world of their own. They were relaxed. The girl had an arm around him. He had a hand on her knee. Their eyes rarely left each other's gazes. He said something and she laughed through a hand that she brought up to her mouth. God, Akko wished they were Diana and herself. Oh, the things that she would have been willing to do in exchange for sharing the moment in this bar with Diana. She wished that she could touch Diana right now, that she could rest her hand on Diana's knee or Diana's hand on hers, as they stared intensely into each other's eyes. Was that weird? It couldn't have been that weird, since this couple, and many other couples out there, did things like that. Akko wanted to do that with Diana. And more. The physical aspect of her relationship with Diana had been slow, but that wasn't really something that Akko regretted. It was evidence that they both cared for one another, that they were unwilling to do anything that made the other uncomfortable. After all, they were both new and inexperienced to this whole relationship thing. So exploring physical experiences with one another seemed like something monumental. Something that was sacred and to be treated with utmost respect and prudence. But that didn't mean that Akko didn't want it. She craved it. And being with Diana all the time, without indulging in it further had only served to strengthen the feelings. And now that Diana wasn't around, Akko's thoughts could run without inhibitions. Diana had given her so much. She had challenged Akko in a way that nobody had before. She had made Akko feel indescribable things in her heart. And yet, Akko wanted more. She needed Diana. In every way possible. God, she wished it were her and Diana sitting on that couch, nursing pretty cocktails in the dim lighting that made everything feel more sensual. Every touch is more electrifying than the last. Akko sighed. Maybe one day she could gain the courage to stop being uncertain and make the leap with Diana. She didn't want to doubt Diana's feelings for her, or her feelings for Diana, but this was really serious stuff. If there was even a sliver of doubt then she had to be careful. This wasn't like everything else in life, where Akko would run head first with reckless abandon, with faith that everything would be alright. No, because she couldn't allow room for regret. From Diana. Akko wouldn't forgive herself if Diana did something that she would come to regret because of her. Akko sighed and decided to turn her gaze away from the lovey-dovey couple and watch the strange images on the TV. Maybe this is why some people don't like public displays of affection, she thought as she tried to sip from her glass. Tried, because it was empty. Akko decided to have one more drink. Sex on the beach. Akko shrugged as she placed the order. Sure. The drink was yellow towards the top and red-orange at the bottom. It had a nice fruity taste that reminded Akko of summer. She finished the drink after about a dozen minutes, and paid the bill in cash at the bar. The place was starting to fill up by the time she walked past the door. The steep, ominous set of stairs met Akko again, but this time, she was looking down from the top. It looked like a staircase into the void. Knowing her own clumsiness, she descended slowly. Breaking her leg and or cracking her skull wasn't exactly something she wanted when there was a beautiful girl waiting for her halfway across the world. Akko decided to take the bus home rather than to backtrack, as her desire to walk the streets of Kyoto had been satiated. On the bus, Akko bounced on her seat in anticipation and excitement of all the things that she would tell Diana later about her day and of all the photos that she would show her. Akko's alarm woke her up at 8.30am as usual. She sloppily slapped around for her phone to turn her blaring alarm off. Her body still wanted to sleep more, but she got up and went to wash her face in the bathroom anyway. A small price to pay to begin her mornings with Diana. But when she brushed her teeth and switched on the laptop that Diana had gifted her for Christmas, she saw the message from Diana. 7.55 Diana sorry but i won't be around for your morning i'll be on later in your day so we can talk then at that moment akko wished that she checked her messages on her phone instead so she didn't have to get out of bed there was another message underneath that one 7:56 diana in the meantime please check your email have a lovely day akko email akko was confused and a little anxious as she navigated to her email she really hoped that it wasn't going to be bad news or anything subject for ako from diana cavendish she clicked on the email dear Akko, there are a lot of things that i want to say to you but i always struggle to put them into words in my head but i still want to try So I tried in the only way I knew how. I made this for you. Warmest regards. Diana. The sentence, I made this for you, was a hyperlink. Akko didn't know what to expect when she clicked on it. The link led to a Google Drive zip folder called 4Akko, which she promptly downloaded. It was several hundred megabytes. She extracted its contents. The UnityPlayer.dll made it clear that it was a game made in Unity. Diana made a game for me. Akko was shocked. She held her breath as she double-clicked. For underscore Akko.exe Darkness There was nothing before the pitch black gave way to a blinding white. As the pure white lost its intensity and faded, Shapes began to slowly formulate. Sounds The sound of a light breeze howling. The wind sporadically gained and lost its momentum, like the ebb and flow of waves. Eventually, the shapes and colours and ambience settled and Akko found herself standing in the middle of a desert. The sky was covered in the grey of clouds that moved above her in a singular direction. The desert had small dunes that stretched as far as Akko could see. As she looked around, she found that she was at the beginning of a concrete road. The pavement was cracked. It was unrested and decaying. If a road could ever have a life, then that life had been drained by death eons ago. As every other direction was nothing but the vacantness of a sandy wasteland, Akko decided to follow the only road that was in front of her. It felt like a significant amount of time had passed for Akko as she followed the road. The only indicator of her movement was the shift of the dunes as she walked. There was something in the distance. As Akko walked along the road, she saw it. More concrete laced with decay. Buildings that were crumbling. Cars that were rusted becoming nothing more than waste among a wasteland that didn't seem to have an end. Street signs that were bent and sticking out of the ground at sharp angles. There was a droning ambience. It was as if the reverberations travelled across the desert landscape, carried by the wind. It was a song of ghosts. The notes held for so long that it was as if time itself was dilated. A haunting soundtrack to the haunting emptiness. As Akko kept walking, the sporadic details of the remains of a civilization culminated in a city block. The clustering of brutalist buildings was like a futile attempt of confronting decay as a sad pact. Each building looked as if they were far beyond the end of its life. Their structures were eroded to the extent where the mere fact that they were standing was surrealistic. Where trees once stood were dead trunks and branches that swayed rather fragilely to the breeze, as if at any moment, their remaining arms would break off and be carried by the wind, forever lost in the infinite desert. This was not a city. It was lifeless and empty. There was nothing there except decay. But the quality of decay implies that with enough time, even the remaining, desperate and fragile details will cease to be. And when there would be nothing left, decay itself would also cease to exist. The emptiness was unsettling to Akko. It felt like a presence was there, or perhaps a presence should have been there, but there was nothing. The ambient notes still played in long loops that made Akko feel like she was experiencing time in much the same way as the broken objects that she could see. She felt sympathy for things that could not feel. After some time of exploring the city block that, to Akko, felt like she was visiting a graveyard, she saw something in the distance there was a tiny yet unmistakable blot of green among the backdrop of sand and gray Ako couldn't help but be drawn to it it was too different it was a promise of something that wasn't empty as she walked towards it she noticed that the sky above the green spot was clear blue a stark contrast to the gray that casted shadows above everywhere else She began to see something that she didn't expect. Vegetation. Trees. Plants. Life. Akko eventually noticed that while it was predominantly a beautiful green, there were other vibrant colors. Some plants were red, orange, or even purple, giving them an otherworldly quality that enhanced the beauty of the oasis, as well as its incongruity with its desolate surroundings. It took some walking, during which Akko realised that the ambient sounds began to evolve. She heard birds chirping in the distance, waters flowing, leaves whistling against the wind. Sounds of life. Even the ambient music began to sound somewhat livelier. The soundscape was brighter. The notes changed quicker as they harmonised with one another. Steady movement was felt in the music, distinct from the slower, samba tone that had followed Akko as she roamed the landscape. Soon, Akko found herself crossing the boundary of which the grains met plant life. She was within the refuge from the loneliness of the landscapes that had surrounded her. This change was also felt in the chords that played. It was beautiful. Unlike when Akko had explored the deserted city block, which she had done so out of a feeling of necessity, she explored the sanctuary that she had found herself in with wonder. She walked among the plant life, finding beautiful details that seemed to only exist for her. Eventually, Ako reached the large spring that sat at the centre of the oasis. The moment she touched the water, the ambient music faded away. In the absence of the music, she heard the movements of the water and the whistling of leaves with clarity. Akko really did feel like she was in another world. A world that was only for her. Then, the sounds of an acoustic guitar faded in. It sounded beautiful, but what had sent shivers down Akko's spine was the soft voice that accompanied the notes played by the guitar. Circle of pine and red oak. Circle of moss and fire smoke. Fan on the ceiling like a wheel spoke. Push the clutch and I pull the choke. Wanna listen to the sound of you blinking. Wanna listen to your hands soothe. Listen to your heart beating. Listen to the way you move. Ako ventured further into the spring. The water was clear, and she could see fishes of various colours frolicking about. She looked around, and from the water, It looked like the spring was surrounded by nothing but the colours of life. There was no indication that she was in a desert at all. And I don't wanna talk about anything. I don't wanna talk about anything. I wanna kiss, kiss your eyes again. Wanna witness your eyes looking. I don't wanna talk about anyone. I don't wanna talk about anyone. I want to sleep in your car while you're driving. Lay in your lap when I'm crying. Akko saw aqua light emitting from the centre of the spring. As Akko swam towards this light, she dove beneath the surface in pursuit of finding its source. She saw it. The light seemed to be coming from a large tunnel beneath. The light seemed to be pulsating, like a heartbeat. Akko could feel herself being called towards it. Weren't we the stars in heaven? Weren't we the salt in the sea? Dragon in the new warm mountain. Didn't you believe in me? You held me the whole way through. But I couldn't say the words like you. I was scared, Indigo, but I wanted to. I was scared, Indigo, but I wanted to. It was hope in the face of uncertainty. Akko didn't know what to expect when she dove into the bright tunnel, but she wasn't worried. The oasis was a place where she felt safe. Where she felt a connection that spoke to her soul. It inspired the warm and exciting feelings that came with finding somewhere where she belonged. There was nothing to be afraid of. Because this was for her. It felt right. As she leaped down into the tunnel that didn't seem to have an end, the vibrant colours embraced her as the song approached its chorus for the final time. Her vision gradually faded to white. There was no text for Akko to read. But she didn't need anything more. Because she felt it in perfect clarity, it made Akko feel almost overwhelmed with feelings of affection for Diana because there was no room to doubt what Diana felt for Akko.